0: Welcome to another Trade Deadline edition of the Backhand Shelf Podcast. I'm back here and joined by Mr. Thomas Trance and Mr. Scott Lewis. We're here to talk about the the rest of the big trades and a couple that didn't happen today. Um, First off, we should start with one near and dear to my heart and also to my asshole,
1: if I I, may say. I'm not entirely sure if I can say that or not, but I I did. Well, let me ask you first. We're talking about the the Thomas Vanek trade, Yeah, obviously. Would you have preferred no-deal at all? No, no, I would definitely
0: not have preferred no-deal.
1: Okay. That would have made me far
0: more angry. Uh, Thomas Vanek has been traded to the Montreal Canadiens for Sebastian Kohlberg, a prospect um, who, I don't know, he's sort of middling. He was a second-round pick in 2012. He's, you know, n- neither not that all impressive, and a second-round pick. Um, if the Habs were to, uh, I believe, make playoffs, if they make playoffs, the Islanders will send them another fifth with that, which is... That's so kind. I mean... I just cannot fathom what happened From Matt Molson. The start of the year, the Islanders have Matt Molson. He is a coveted asset. They trade him for Thomas Vanek, and they move with it a first and a second. And then, so they're hoping this year, they know they can't trade Vanek. He says he, or sorry, they, they can't re-sign him. They know they have to trade him. And it comes down to 315 when we find out they've traded him for fuck all. <laughs> they can't, get, someone tell me what happened. Just tell me what happened.
1: I'd love to hear the phone conversation between Bergevin and Garth Snow, because I assume it went like, here's my final offer. I'm going to count backwards from 60.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's 258. Unless you have better than nothing, take it. Do you think you start
2: sending out, like, mass panic emails, like, with 29 GM's emails on it at, like, 2.50? Just like, come on, someone's going to give me a second in a prospect, right?
0: Ah, like, from where it started, I'm sure at one point in this whole thing, I bet there's a team out there right now going, three days ago... Yeah. We offered him a first, uh, a third, and this you know, second liner or something like that.
1: I'm sure there's some. there. There's got to be some story like that where someone was like, we, we offered this pick, like a first-round pick, and you pick from this crop of players. What
0: about, what about this uh, concept? Maybe Pittsburgh wanted uh, Kessler, and they had Vanek as a bas- backup plan. And so they're waiting on the Kessler thing, and it falls through at 255. And somewhere in the midst of that, Gar Snow was like, well, I can't wait on the, these guys forever. Mm-hmm. I have to do something. Uh, And it was just a panic trade? Does that make you feel better? I don't know. I'm trying to justify this. (laughs) Uh, On some
2: some level, I do think that, you know, with the exception of what the Rangers paid for Martin Martin St. Louis, there was no general manager paying what we've come to expect from deadline deals. There was no Peter Forsberg for Upshaw, a first, and, you know— uh, another really good prospect. Like, there was no yeah. deal like that. Um, and, you know, so you saw a guy like Kessler, who wasn't on an expiring deal, stay put, and you saw the rental players, like Matt Molson and Thomas Vanek, go for, you know, Tory Mitchell and a second rounder and, uh, and you know, a similar return on Vanek. So, you know, it d- did seem to me like this was an austere deadline in a way, you know, that we haven't really seen from a deadline in a few years, Maybe maybe... Um, you know, maybe at least five. So I, I do sort of wonder if it was just like maybe with the cap being at sixty four point three and some of the issues that teams had there. I just wonder if there was sort of a pervasive conservatism throughout the league, and and you know that might have been part of the reason that the Islanders got stiffed, uh, you know, significantly on, <laughs> on, on this vanek. Same
1: price paid for Alex Hemsky and Marcelo, is it? Oh,
2: Marcel Gotch is awesome. Yeah,
1: he's great. I I love that pickup for Pittsburgh. Uh,
2: Marcel Gotch is an instant upgrade over centerpiece of the Ryan Kessler trade, Brandon says, Yes. He's an instant upgrade.
0: I I just feel like back in the day, there wasn't uh, the internet and all these TV channels, and I feel like you could always find some GM who was like, rentals cost this. I don't think there were people out there who think that... Um, You know, when you say so-and-so is asking for this preposterous package for a player, I think people have learned that that's not a reality. And if I'm a GM, and I know this is something Brian Burks talked about, uh, I would make the move two, three, four days in advance and let people know, like, hey, I'm making the move today. If you're making the move, that's the new deadline. If you want Thomas Vanek in two days before the deadline— I'm moving him So this is your deadline now There's no reason To let it come down To the last seconds And have to grab Some guy out of the Swedish league Who's uh, It's just I mean the Islanders Oh, They just don't want To pay anyone I'm sorry I keep hitting the table
1: Producer Well he's angry It's
0: but, okay I, I just don't get Why uh, Forget it
2: what's really baffling about it too right is uh, you know Vanek netted a comparable player in Matt Molson a first and a second at the end of October he then goes on to play like three months of the best hockey we've ever seen him play in the National Hockey League he has like one minor drinking controversy (laughs) while he's competing with Austria they lose to Slovenia I mean is that why
0: his value has fallen
2: like how do do you go on the hot streak that Vanek was on and have your trade value diminish it makes no sense to me
0: to be a GM you have to royal Really mess that up like you have to go out of your way to do it and you know I, one thing I know about the Islanders as a longtime fan is that they don't want to pay players so let's say you could flip Vanek for current NHL players with current salary that is not what the Islanders like to do they like to consistently have guys on entry-level contracts they like to have picks they like to always point to the future as an excuse of why they don't pay players now. And that's just the reality of it. Anyway, enough about Thomas Vanek. We'll move on to his counterpart, and we'll start with you, uh, Mr. Scott Lewis. Um, the, the whole Matt Molson deal, did you think they were going to be able to get more than, what was it, a second in Tory Mitchell? Or?
2: Oh Well, you know, I guess that's not firm. That's Russo's speculation is that they got the Jets' second-round pick that the Wild uh, acquired in the Devin Setaguchi deal. That's, like, okay. the latest um, okay. qualified speculation from Michael Russo.
1: Again, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a lot— for a, a player of Matt Molson's ilk, but mm. it's, you know, you're going to get 19 games out of them, maybe some playoffs. That's, that's the cost
0: And I think it was uh, Ian McLaren who tweeted something to the effect of, you know, Matt Molson is once again going to be replaced by Thomas Vanek when yeah. he signs this oh. summer. It's going to be interesting to see what the Wild do. Do you think they're going to find a way to re-sign Molson or—
2: I mean they have their uh, they have their winger coming. Did you hear uh, on t s n Vanek was joined the t s n broadcast and offered like the thinnest and least compelling denial to the idea that he's bound for minnesota really? you've ever heard it was unbelievable i couldn 't believe how frank he was about it um, <laughs> so you know uh, no, i don 't think they'll resign Matt Molson. That said we're talking about a relatively good team twenty fifth in the league in goals per game. Matt Molson helps them. And immediately, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, essentially, he's probably going to be taking who Nino Niederreiter, who's better suited to being a third line forward at this point, or Danny Heatley's minutes, um, and Danny Heatley's, you know, better suited to playing on a senior men's yeah. team not, <laughs> somewhere. Not good at hockey. That's <laughs> seven so, mil off the books. <laughs> the yeah, of the oh too. my god, what Jeez. a relief. So, um, so you know, I think I think it's a good deal for them, and you know, though Buffalo didn't quite. Um, Maximize his return I guess I expected them to get more for him You know they still end up with a first A conditional first at two second round picks And you know probably like a fourth or something Mm -hmm. Um, As well as you know a fourth liner in Torrey Mitchell A you know tenth forward type uh, In exchange for uh, for Vanek right That's their cumulative return on Thomas Vanek And it's like no one's trading you a first in two seconds Plus a grinder for Thomas Vanek So you know between Regeer and Murray, they did pretty well there. Uh, the just, it hurts assessment. to
0: hear the haul for Thomas Vanek when you consider what the Islanders just did. But um, <laughs> All right, we'll switch uh, switch gears, get away from uh, from those two dudes, and talk a little bit about Marion Gabrick leaving the Columbus Blue Jackets
1: to go to the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, your thoughts there, Scott? I think it was one of those moves where everyone at the time thought that that was a cap space clearing move yeah. and that there was something coming. Maybe they were in on Vanek or maybe in on Molson. And it just the Chips never really fell. I mean, they pulled in Nick Schultz to be, <laughs> to be a third pairing or seventh defenseman later in the day. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, at the root of it, Marion Gaberg hasn't really produced for Columbus since they acquired him. Um, he's an expiring contract as well. You'd like to think he helps L.A. in goal scoring, but he hasn't really scored. He hasn't really played.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. I definitely agree. It's really hard to sort of quantify what he's worth at this point. I think he's getting up there in age, and he's sort of made his hay with his wheels and and being able to create himself a lot. He used to get a lot of breakaways, and he's got a great release. He used to score a lot of goals like that, and without those looks, he's got six goals in 22 games this year, you know, 14 points. He can't really stay healthy. I, I feel like Columbus just thought, we're playing without him anyway. You know, we should get something for him, and I see why what Los Angeles is trying to do. But I'm sure they didn't go into the deadline thinking Marion Gabrick's our target.
2: You know, I I like deals like this uh, because it's like the uh, Molson deal we were just talking about where you, you know, the deal happens and now you have like the final piece of information you needed to properly evaluate the Molson-Bannock deal, right? And it's like, now we have, you know, this trade with Los Angeles allows us to properly evaluate two absolute heists in retrospect. The first is the Bernier deal, right? Hmm. Um, Basically, now it seems that the LA Kings traded Jonathan Bernier for a Marion Gaberick rental, which is laughable Mm. retrospect oh, yeah. um, but maybe even worse maybe even worse is uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets turned Derek Dorsett who's you know a relatively useful fourth liner Derek Brassard, who's legitimately good and uh, and that John Moore kid who's played extremely well for Vigneault in New York um, into Matt Fratton who's, think, <laughs> and you know I'm, I'm mostly just yeah. listing that to make you feel better born but yeah uh,
0: yeah yeah no it is th- <laughs> nice to hear that someone else got you know royally oh, screwed almost. today but um, you know you know, that that one for me, I think the if I was Columbus, it means so much to Blue Jackets and their fans to get into playoffs because they so rarely do. And, you know, they have a great team this year. And I would think one of the things they lack is that sort of, you know, firepower. You know, a guy like Marion Gabrick that to me, if I was them, I would have no problem sitting on Gabrick, considering him a rental, trying to crack playoffs and doing something good with this year instead of, I don't know, does Matt Fratt never play much? Does he, maybe he does, but does he ever matter? You know, he's never a difference maker. He's just another generic guy you can pick up off the waiver wire at some point. So, um, Sandpaper. 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 He he does hit hard. He does hit
1: hard
2: and he's fast. And I kind of like the idea of that player with Artem Anisimov, right? Like that sounds interesting to me, especially because they – They'd had uh, a couple of undersized wingers, right? They've had uh, Atkinson, Atkinson and Calvert, yeah. right? Both um, playing with him, and uh, and the, you know, there's no sandpaper there. So, but all those level, all
0: those generic guys do something. You don't make the NHL if you're just like you're skillless. And so Frattens happen to be fast and and can hit, but it's I, I don't know. To me, uh, yeah, okay, he
2: he is what he is. He's yeah. like yeah. he's got that wrist shot that everyone thinks is like going to lead to him scoring 20 goals, but it's you know not at this point. Yeah. He, he is what he is. Yeah. Uh,
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, the last two things I want to talk about were the non trades of the day. Uh, one of which, uh, you know, Thomas, you being a uh, Vancouver Canucks guy, I'm sure you can speak a little bit on this. But Ryan Kessler didn't get moved today. I'm sure there's speculation that he'll be moved at the deadline uh, or, sorry, at the uh, the draft this year. Uh, what were your thoughts on Kessler staying with the Canucks?
2: I don't think we know anything about what happened yet. Um, you know, the guys I trust in Vancouver, I, I, and I've been talking to them a bit and emailing them a bit, they say Gillis tried the whole day. Like, the whole day they were listening and trying to move Kessler. Um, and, you know, and then you hear, there's the Darren Drager reports that six teams were in, and it was yeah. a feeding frenzy, and he still didn't move. And then Rossi, who's, you know, being told, I mean, I believe, I don't think Rossi's spinning so much as I think there's, you know, he's being told what how Pittsburgh feels, right? And Pittsburgh believes that the deal fell apart because, uh, you know, Gillis is not empowered by Canucks ownership to make the deal. You know, if
0: that's true... It can't be true. How can you have a guy in power if he doesn't have power? Oh, Rob Ford. But but other than that, yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. Uh,
2: You'd imagine that the organization would fire him tomorrow if that were the case, right? Because you want to give the guy who's coming in a couple weeks to evaluate his team... And you want to let him prepare for the draft, right, and to move Kessler. Like, if that's true, I'd assume that that Gillis will be fired in the next two weeks and we'll we'll know. Um, And if he's not, then I think we can safely write that off as spin. Um, But it's the second straight deadline where the Canucks have made a newsy non-trade at the deadline that was followed promptly by the sort of leak that you almost never get, right? Like the Draeger leak. With the Leafs last year. With the Leafs last year where it was like this was the last minute deal and it was specific, right? And this is the same sort of feel to it. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Gillis is very popular around the league. Uh, no. Because that doesn't happen to anyone else. But and, could you blame uh, him if he was
1: a bit gun shy today after what happened? Absolutely. No, I wouldn't blame him at all. And, I mean, if Pittsburgh was still insisting on Brandon Sutter being a piece of that deal, I mean, you've already kind of added that semi-useful third, fourth line center in in Matthias yesterday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's... the Sutter was obviously not going to pee, be the piece they were after, but Pittsburgh has enough, uh, you know, prospects that'll make you drool. Now, you know, let's say better than Sebastian Kohlberg. But um, <laughs> they definitely have uh, enough there that you would think Vancouver's trying to pry something out of there, and maybe Pittsburgh was just sticking to their guns. But I think I, the
1: Penguins walk away winners without pulling the trigger on that. Yeah. I mean, the immediate impact of, of adding a Kessler and, and having that him under contract on your team makes you better. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a very deep system, and the prospects they do have are pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm mostly defensemen,
1: right? They're, yeah. Their top they're top deep on defense, yeah. but do you want to trade all your defensemen away and then rely on Brooks Orpik and Paul Martin for the rest of your life? Well, oh,
0: God, you're doing it this year
2: anyway. I, yeah. They have so much depth, though. I mean, it's like they were talking, they were trying to get Vancouver, according to Rossi's reports, uh, to take one of Dumoulin or Dupre, both of whom are like pretty good. Yeah. And that doesn't even factor in like Mata, Harrington, Gugliet, uh, you know, so they, I mean, they have so much depth there. And I think if you're Shiro, right, and Crosby and Malkin aren't going to be this good forever, and you have zero forward depth, it's like, isn't the point of having a system stock like to that spend it. currency, right? That's yeah. currency. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I mean, it's surprising to me, like if the hang up was that they weren't willing to move up and trade Puliot for example it's like you really think you're getting Ryan Kessler with and while holding on to your top 3 defensive right. prospects yeah, like, yeah, i yeah. don't think that's too realistic so you know we'll see i mean they added some depth though so that was good with Gotch.
0: Yeah, gogge no, is good Gotch, and they got another forward too oh they got uh, but was that confirmed? Got, oh did they get stepnyak
2: i don't know. Did I believe that, someone...
1: one of the trade confirmed that but... <laughs>
2: Okay. okay He's an upgrade on Gibbons for that top line
0: Upgrade on Gibbons? I'm an upgrade on Gibbons <laughs> well, well, that's, uh, it'll be interesting to see I'm not, I'm not uh, I can't confirm the Stamniak thing That was just something we saw crawl, right. crawl across our Twitter feed But uh, the last move of the day we'll talk about Was uh, Martin Brodeur apparently had requested a trade Did not get traded um, Tim Thomas went to Dallas though uh, Interesting there But um, so what do you think? No uh, Marty Brodeur?
1: I think that maybe it's time uh for a reality check for both the the Devils and Broder that yeah. there's not really a market for him like what what's he looking for? Is he looking to be a backup somewhere else? Yeah, well, and he, he said should be. He the would be. be. He so he if he's willing he be, to... but I mean for the Devils it's like you can't expect to get anything for this guy at this point. the
0: save percentage is 8.99. I mean, I don't see what teams out there and I I will say I said to someone uh I forget, I think Daniel Wagner today. If I'm looking at my team and I'm a legitimate uh, contending team, and I'm, say, uh, Pittsburgh or Chicago, Chicago, i got anti Ranta as my backup. If Corey Crawford isn't great, and he's, to be honest, he's not great. If he falls apart in playoffs, I don't want... I'd rather put Marty Brodeur in than anti Ranta. I'd rather put Marty Brodeur in than Jeff Zatkoff. I would, you know, there's... Just because he's dealt with the moment, he's going to be a little bit more composed, and he has this sort of flair for greatness. So I, I did understand why some teams were looking at him today. I don't think he's a good goalie in today's NHL, but I at least understood why people were looking
1: at him. But I mean, what, what happens when you get Lou on the phone? Like, what's he asking for for Breder? Because That's the, the reality is it's like a late pick. A fourth or, or something.
0: It's not going to look good you know, to a, the franchise. Not even a
1: prospect, like a, a body. Yeah.
0: No, it would look bad. I think if they Yeah, moved
1: Brodeur it. traded for future consideration. Oh yeah, <laughs> so it's a terrible, it's apply. a PR nightmare. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think that uh, that'll do it for today. Um, that has been our trade deadline coverage. You can check out everything on Backhand slash nhl is the Backhand Shelf blog, and also we have a beta site. Just you know, you'll find it. So thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Hey, if you got something to say, send us an email: Backhand
2: Shelf at TheScore.com.